Welcome to Fick Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodity strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence Fick Research Team. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to this month's Emerging Market Lens and Look Through podcast. I am your host, Damian Sassauer, and today we are joined by Ms. Phoenix Kalin, Head of Emerging Market Research at Societe Generale in London. Phoenix, an absolute privilege to have you here. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks so much for the invitation, Damian. So pleased to be here. Phenomenal. Well, listen, just uh, this week, you've released your mid-year outlook. And, you know, you discuss how slower growth alongside the improved inflation outlook should warrant an increase in exposure to emerging market local duration. I'm wondering if you could expand on that for our audience, please. You know, which countries, which markets look most favorable from your perspective? Yeah, very happy to. So, yes, I think in terms of the context that we're operating in, you know, the fundamentals are really challenging around the growth picture. We've got a more constrained global growth outlook. Uh, We've got actually a a slightly improving inflation outlook as we've seen headline and core metrics decline in the vast majority of emerging markets, um, actually outpacing developed markets. And uh, we've got kind of a very tempered outlook for commodity prices. They're pretty constrained. Um, held back by what's going on in China. And uh, we've got the context around the U.S. Uh, deceleration, question marks whether or not it's going into a recession next year, but overall a pretty stagnant global growth picture. And at the same time, um, we've got uh, we, we've got that disinflation trend starting to kick in. Uh, central banks are on the verge of a global monetary policy easing cycle, especially in emerging markets. We think that's going to come out, you know, really kicking, especially out of the LATAM markets and then the CEE to, to follow. And that will happen uh, kind of third, fourth quarter of this year. And so in that context, because of where glo- growth is, because of kind of the, the improvements we're seeing in inflation and a dramatic drop in cross-asset volatility. So across all the major asset classes, credit, rates, commodities, um, EM debt, currencies, we've seen equities as well. We've seen a volatility drop, and that provides a, a little bit more of a comfort for investors to start reallocating back into risk assets. And that improves a lot of the risk metrics that we, we look at for um, risky segments in EM. And so we think in that context, given that valuations are still looking pretty attractive in lots of pockets of EM debt, that that's the place that is going to perform the best over the coming, let's say, six months. Ah, Phoenix, I mean, this is music to my ears, and especially that last point you made about, you know, the kind of environment we're going to be in over the next, let's call it three months, one where you know, vols come off pretty considerably, I mean, and could kind of remain low and, and you know, fall even further here. And, and I guess that's probably one of the premises for, you know, getting short, you know, uh, you know, dollar, Taiwan dollar, you know, three month straddles. Right. I mean, you know, it's 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 only when you have that kind of, you know, that that sort of distress event when you see people kind of unwinding their their carry trades. And I guess that's one of the trades, tactically speaking, that you guys are are looking to, you know, kind of put on to maybe benefit from that, you know, and further to that, what is kind of your view on 
you know, broader EMFX, you know, I mean, obviously you've got the funding currencies, you've got the investment currencies. And, you know, from what I can tell, just as an, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, an observer, you know, you like the LATAM currencies, you're kind of, you know, squeamish when it comes to the China Yuan, you know, what are your thoughts on EMFX as we kind of head into the second half of this year? Yeah, so for the FX portion of the outlook, that is really going to be much more tentative, much more troubling, because we've got that constrained growth outlook. So yes, the technical picture is improving in terms of volatility dropping down. That includes currency volatility. And that's coming off of 12-year highs that we saw kind of uh, the, the peak levels late last year. And that's coming down. There's still a bit further room for volatility to drop. But apart from kind of these favorable technical the the growth outlook is pretty poor. Uh, you know, let's let's be honest. Um, growth out of China is not going to be the engine that it once was for emerging markets. Growth from the U.S. as well. We are expecting for it to decelerate into a mild recession first quarter of next year, and so this this is casting a pall over commodity prices, which is. You know, the, the engine for lots of the EM export uh, countries. Um, and, and in this kind of context where we're seeing um, uh, worries about how hard the U.S. landing is going to be, there is much less um, relevance, much less uh, attribution to the significance of the growth differential between emerging markets and developed markets. And so that's a really challenging context for emerging market currencies. And we think portfolio and capital flows can only really improve modestly from here. They're probably going to be aided more by kind of the favorable technicals that we've talked about, kind of the lower vol situation, than um, than any compelling growth or local currency stories. And they, they might be aided by kind of the bullish bond dynamics and portfolios around uh, flows around um, things moving into pockets of EM debt, and that might help uh, the currency side of the situation marginally. But yeah, the, the growth picture is really constraining the FX performance and and I think that's that's going to be a major challenge for the EM currencies. But with that said, there is just a huge amount of divergence in performance within EM currencies. So I think as we saw in the first half of this year, huge outperformance in the markets in the LATAM and CEE space, and then underperformance in the frontier markets, in the Asian currencies. And we think that trend is still going to continue in the second half of this year. So total returns uh, for EM currencies, they're still going to be really concentrated in LATAM currencies, BRL, MAX, uh, COP, and, and in some of the CE markets as well. So we've initiated like the short dollar half, for instance. So we think that CE currencies, especially against dollar, is going to do really well over the coming, uh, let's say, second half of this year. Um, and that's also premised on our our view of your dollar climbing much higher. So that will pull the whole CE I complex see. much more strong. No, I mean, Phoenix, well, let's roll up our sleeves a little bit here. I mean, this is all amazingly interesting. I mean, I just have to assume, right, by, you know, your calls for the Colombian peso and the Brazilian real, you expect the central banks and those two respective economies to kind of, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, let's put it this way. They're not going to be overly dovish. On the other hand, you look at Chile, right? You had a split decision this week, right? So I see that you guys are by no means recommending getting along with Chilean peso in that environment. But nevertheless, from a EM rates perspective, you know, wouldn't that, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, receiving a Kamara, wouldn't that be one way to kind of benefit from that theme, um, you know, at least, you know, tactically of central banks, you know, beginning to kind of get squeamish on the growth outlook and, you know, inflation coming off. I mean, how, how do you kind of play 
that theme? Is it through rates? Is it through FX? Is it through those, you know, kind of getting long the FX in those in those economies where, you know, the central banks are going to be a little bit more hawkish than otherwise expected? Or is it, you know, kind of getting long rates maybe on an FX hedge basis in those economies like Chile, where central banks are going to be acting a little bit more quickly? I mean, what do you prefer? Yeah, so for us, um, we are in, in LATAM space, and that's that's really the place where we see the most opportunities to be long emerging markets. So we've got both rates and currency positions on. We like um, receiving rates in Colombia, in Mexico. We like steepener rates as uh, steepener trades as well in Brazil and in Mexico. Um, and in, on the currency side, we like um, going long BRL. We like going long COP. Mm. So yes, so I. We really think the outperformance is going to come from there. The central banks have been much more proactive around uh, the the inflation risk and getting on top of that. And they've been able to to bring headline and core inflation um, down over the course of this year. They have created a lot of space for themselves. They've got basically the the highest real policy rates in the world right now. Um, Even on a vault-adjusted basis, those rates look really attractive. And so we think there is a lot of scope for the front end rates to come down in particular. So hence, hence the receivers and the steepener trades. And then on the currency side, we think they are still going to be, you know, relatively cautious, conservative, prudent about how how measured their pace is in bringing down rates. And hence, that's not going to cause huge ructions in the currency. And hence, we're, we're comfortable enough to enter some of those long time FX trades. And then Phoenix, shifting over the CE, you mentioned it previously. I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? You know, in Hungary, you've got the central bank there who has already started cutting rates, but from a tactical position, you know, you actually like being a short dollar foreign, or, you know, relative to the euro, I guess, or no, it's dollar foreign, right? So I guess, is that really more play on, you know, a sort of a, a, a bullish bias to the euro? Yeah, so so that's a play on our view that your dollar is going to head toward kind of 116 by year end, 120 in a year's time. So it's 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 definitely a very bullish forecast on your dollar, and then that really levers up how much you can get going um, long half against dollar. Um, so so for us, it's a hugely levered uh, carry trade because it's so juiced up by how high the carry is in in Hungary right now with them just starting to normalize rates to a much more reasonable level. I mean, I find that very interesting. The other one I found interesting is, is you're, you're, uh, you're looking to get long Lira. I wonder if you could expand on that. (laughs) 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 For our audience out there, let's be clear. This is a tactical (laughs) trade recommendation. Yes. Yes. A very ballsy trade. As some of the clients have mentioned, um, (laughs) yes, short dollar try. We we think, okay, we've seen so much happen in Turkey, let's be honest. Uh, and the timing has been really tricky to be long Turkish lira, um, because of various ructions in the markets, as we've seen just in the past two weeks, um, after the elections. But we think, okay, given how much the reserve situation, the foreign asset situation has deteriorated over the past couple of years, you know, CBRT uh, foreign asset levels at negative 110 billion, let's say, mm-hmm. um, there is not much further scope for this really unsustainable regime to continue in terms of you know relying on FX reserves to try to maintain a stable exchange rate. And, and they've admitted it themselves. They want to reverse a lot of the unorthodox policies um, and they are 
they've got the right team in place. They are putting their best foot forward with trying to present to the markets that this is the start of an economic policy turnaround. And so, yes, notwithstanding the very high level of skepticism in the market on this program, um, we would say that there's just no real sustainable way for the current regime to continue. And because of that, there has to be some sort of reversal toward more orthodox policy anyway. It has to happen. No, I mean, and and I take your point completely. And I actually agree with you. And I think it's a wonderful trade. This is why we have Phoenix Kalen for audience, because at Societe Generale, these local markets getting into and out of places like Turkey, and for that matter, Egypt and Ghana, where, you know, I believe, you know, you're looking at, you know, receiving in those two markets. I mean, yeah, my question for you really is, I mean, is there sufficient liquidity to position in these markets from a tactical standpoint? That's why we, we do mention in our publication that these are highly tactical trades. Yes, there is liquidity in um, in the NDFs that is still tradable. And it's, it's possible to put on these very tactical positions. They're based on kind of one month or three month forwards. And so... Um, it, it's, it's premised on the view that some of the devaluation that you might see out of Egypt, for instance, that is still further along. There is scope for there to be uh, carry gains just in the very short term. And yes, despite the risks that everybody is aware of, um, the, the risk reward for short term tactical trades is still there. Yes, but we are cognizant of, of the trades being quite tactical. I mean, Phoenix, I'm not going to hold your feet to the coals anymore. I mean, we've gone through, I mean, but such all, I mean, and I, to our audience, I mean, it's must reading. I mean, you have to read, you know, the Sokjin mid-year EM outlook. It's unbelievable. And, you know, the way, you know, some of these ideas are formulated, it's really, I mean, it's, it's absolute must reading. You know, before I, I lose you, Phoenix, I just have to ask, you know, you know, in your opinion, you know, you, you know, obviously there are black swans, they're everywhere, they're nowhere, we don't know where they are until they're there, you know, from a market's perspective. You know, what do you think is the kind of pain trade that the market's really not pricing in here as we head into the second half? Um, I think on the rate side, we are still looking for a soft landing. And I think probably most market participants are looking for a soft landing still, given how resilient the U.S. economy has been, uh, strong labor market and all of that. Uh, I, I think the pain trade might have been how sharp a collapse in U.S. rates might be if we were to get really disappointing data and realize that, oh my gosh, you know, uh, stuff is falling apart and the, the Fed has to really reel back a lot of its rate hikes quite soon. And there might be a quite a sharp collapse in the pricing around not just front end, but across the curve, there might be quite a huge collapse in treasury yields. So I think that's that's one key area to watch out for. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess if, if we see a huge cap in U, U, U.S. yields, I guess receiving an EM local, at least on an FX hedge basis, is going <laughs> to, it's probably going to do okay. Exactly. But, um, Phoenix, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your thoughts and your views with us here today. And, you know, to our audience of ever enduring, always committed emerging market enthusiasts, thank you for your time and your continued interest. Keep well, stay safe, and keep moving forward. Yeah.